0: Welcome to Chinuch Today. I am your host, Rabbi Yerachmiel Garfield. Please join me as we highlight innovative ideas and inspiring people from the world of Chinuch. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chinuch Today. This is Yerachmiel Garfield and today we are going to explore one of the essential elements of an excellent education and that is the one of curriculum. You know, we have different components to what makes a great school or a great classroom. Certainly the teacher, the relationships, the way behavior and expectations are managed, the ruach, the inspiration. These are all wonderful, wonderful aspects of creating an environment of learning. But in the end of the day, it's an environment of learning that is ultimately at the core of a school, while the experience and the relationships and the ruchnias and the development the personal development is critical and and cannot be overlooked or compromised we also are in the business of educating children to become adults who are knowledgeable and aware of the torah are independent learners who have some of the most important simple bikias the knowledge that one would need to be an effective jew both in halacha and in history and in gemara and in chumash and certainly we're preparing children for the next step whether that be in seminary or yeshiva, so that they should have the skills and ability to excel in their studies. In order to accomplish this latter goal, the goal of preparing children with the skills and knowledge that they need in the subject areas, one of the most helpful aspects is having a strong curriculum. There are different components to a curriculum, and one could really see the distinction when comparing often what we have in the Lumad Kodesh subjects to what's available in Lemudei A robust curriculum has clear goals. It starts with a clarification of what is it that we are trying to attain specifically what skills, knowledge, and ability will the students have as a result of being in this class, and breaks it down into something called the scope and sequence, which basically is an overview of how that curriculum is going to be executed over the year. We'll cover this skills in this area, we'll cover this many curriculum in this part of the year, we'll pause here for this type of project. It's sort of like an overview. And then once you get past that, you begin to drill down on the units of study. A different curriculum could have different units, maybe five units, ten units. Math is an easy one to understand, how units build on each other towards the ultimate goals of the more sophisticated mathematics that one needs, the building blocks. But in a Kodesh curriculum specifically, we're going to talk about Navi today, the building blocks, to some extent the units, reflect the content of what's being learned in the text. But either way, having units of study with specific goals and objectives would be the next component. And then the day-to-day, how do we introduce the material in a way that's meaningful, in a way that engages the children, and also focuses them on the skills that they need, and making sure that they get it, and reviewing, and all of these sort of elements that make a curriculum effective. Those of us who have been teaching in Lamude Kodesh know how limited the curriculum is for many of us. There's been a lot of talk about trying to make a Gemara curriculum, or different Chumash curriculums, or Navi curriculum, or Olacha curriculum, and while it's been a subject that's been discussed for years in the Chinuch landscape, there are a few curriculums that have really taken off as standards. One of a very popular one is the L'Havnu L'Haskah, which was put out by the Consortium, there's also a Gemara one called Bright Beginnings that Rabbi Yaakov Harwitz made, which is really primarily for 5th and 6th grade Gemara. Other than that, you have some Kriya curriculums that are out there that are very popular. But that pretty much does it for the ones that I'm aware of. I'm sure there are, there are additional ones. But in the last few years, this need has become very much heightened focus and one of the areas that really there's been a lot of development is in Limud trying to develop curriculum that is more aligned with the community's values, and there's a lot of work being done there. On the Kodesh side, the Consortium of Jewish Day Schools run by Rabbi Heshi Las has really continued to take that bull by the horn. They're expanding and refining and doing all sorts of work to their Lehovah and L'Hasko curriculum. But today we're going to interview two individuals who have worked on a Navi curriculum. One of them is Mrs. Feinstein, who is a mora in Las Vegas, and she's been working on Shmuel for many years and teaching it with a great passion, as you'll hear. And the other one is Mrs. Gettinger, Mrs. Miriam Gettinger, who is a veteran, who has been a principal and a teacher, and she is a tremendous thinker. She's the daughter of Rabbi Bera Wine, one of my Rebbeim, and I've followed her and talked to her for m- many years, and she always has a very insightful, knowledgeable, and on-target understanding of Chinuch. So these two minds got together with the consortium's help, and they developed a special curriculum just for Shmuel Aleph. It is an extremely robust curriculum with clear objectives, beautiful layout, and you're going to hear from them how they developed it. And this is a wonderful, wonderful advance for the Olama HaChinuch, for all of us who are teaching HaChinuch, because this is a tool that is highly professionally developed with the specific scope and sequence broken down into the units that I described with the specific goals and skills delineated to make sure the students get it. It's very easy to go through a year and teach something, and at the end you say, well, what did the kids get? And we don't always know. We're not clear. It's a day-by-day sort of decision. And that is some of the issues that this curriculum is aimed at addressing. So it's an honor to welcome these two wonderful educators to our podcast to hear about the program they've developed and how they developed it. Welcome to another episode of Chinuch Today. Today, for the first time, we're interviewing two people at the same time. We have Mrs. Miriam Gettinger, who is a head of school in Indianapolis, and we have Mrs. Sarah Chaya Feinstein, who is a mora in Las Vegas. So welcome to both of you. As I always like to start, I want to ask you to tell us how you got to here. How did you how did you get from your childhood? Did you know you wanted to be a teacher? And did you know you wanted to get into curriculum work? So let's start with uh, Mrs. Gengar. Mrs. Genger, I know you've been in Chinook for a few years already, so you don't have to go through all of it. But when did you know you wanted to go into Chinook? And uh, how did you get to becoming a Menahelas?
1: For a long time, I wanted to be the person who named the street signs I thought that would be a perfect occupation. (laughs) I wanted to work for the United Nations, et cetera. But in a serious way, eventually I felt a passion from family, from my father and all that he has done, so to speak, to give back to Kal Yisrael. That was always something that I felt passionate about. My Chinuch career spans close to 40 years or more. Actually being as a principal for almost 40 years, but beforehand teaching in Prospect Park, I began as a young, young married woman all the way through. I've taught both in New York. I taught in central Brooklyn also all the way through to out of town. But I've been in Indiana for the last 40 years as far as just basically I never set out to be a principal. Those who do, do. Those who don't teach. Those who can't teach become principals. And those who aren't principals anymore, well, then they work for state government of or board of education. So that was not really what I was looking for. I was actually a parent on the search committee when we were looking for a principal in South Bend many years ago. I had not had elementary experience prior to that point, high school and adult, and fell in love with the elementary and middle Mm. school age. Middle school specifically is an area that I I find most intriguing. Um, So that, in a nutshell, is my story.
0: Why do you find middle school so intriguing, if I may just jump on that for a second?
1: Okay. Um, I find middle school so intriguing because they're not yet set in their ways or sophisticated as high schoolers. But they're also not total babies um, and are able to critically and creatively think, which is so meaningful, to mm. have discussions. I think the ability to inspire middle schoolers, not only in technical skills, to build their high school, but importantly, in identi- specifically out of town in finding their Jewish identity, that opportunity is amazing and something I cherish.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, thank you for sharing. And Mrs. Feinstein, how did you get into chinuch education and then to curriculum writing?
2: So I also grew up in a family of chinuch and Torah, so was surrounded by it from a young age and then inspired to do it. Although I did go through a phase for a brief bit of just trying to make my own identity. So for a little while, I thought I was going to do something else. I looked into a few other things and I realized that that's No, I'm not just following the crowd. I came to it on my own. So I've been teaching from, I started in Chicago and then in New York. And um, since I moved to Las Vegas, I've been teaching here. I've had the privilege of getting to know many different schools and many wonderful teachers. And it's been, an amazing experience, and I have amazing students that I've learned so much from. And what grades do you I'm teach? So Currently, I'm in the middle school. Mrs. Ganger's favorite age is being in a small town. I move around, so Got some it. I've been sixth, seventh, and eighth. In the first How many children year. are
0: there in the school over there? I know it's growing.
2: Yeah, it's growing. I think it's a, a about three hundred.
0: Wow. Can I know her? In mm-hmm. That's amazing. Okay, so today we're going to talk about your collaboration around the NAVI curriculum. This is a NAVI curriculum that's been developed by the Consortium of Jewish Day Schools under Heshi Glass. And maybe, Ms. Gettinger, since you're more deeply involved with the consortium, can you give us one or two sentences about what the consortium is and how this project fits with their objectives?
1: If I had to sum up the consortium in just a few words, I would say lahadil torah ulahadira. There are no agendas. Um, not everything is about marketing or anything like that. It is what can they do to help really schools primarily, although it's a national organization, but I'm going to say between the coasts. Um, that there are a whole bunch of day schools that are not necessarily only in the New York, New Jersey area or California. And what can they do to actually service and provide? Awesome. One of the main areas that uh, that came up from the inception of the organization was curriculum. That especially if we're looking at the dearth of people going into Chinuch today, um, how important it would be to actually have materials resources laid out for them. I became involved in that, in this particular project, a few years ago, one summer day, we met in New York. I met Sarachaya for the first time in that way, with the idea that whereas Consortium had developed Chumash materials and safer Yoshua through the fourth grade level, let's say, they now wanted to jump and to move to that foray of middle school. So we began to brainstorm and look at different curricula in different areas or subjects. So we began with NAVI. Since then, we've also done innovation in TEFILA. So looking specifically at the middle school age, which could be fifth through eighth grade, depending upon the
0: schools. And Mrs. Feinstein, how did you get involved with the consortium and this NAVI curriculum?
2: So I remember when I first started teaching, being a little lost. And I have a... Chumash, I have a Navi, and now what? What do I do? And I remember speaking to a coworker, another teacher who was teaching in a similar grade, and I remember she gave me the most precious item, which was her Navi that had her notes and her sticky notes inside. And I remember taking it home and looking through, and she had the muscle that she gave, and she had underlined and written in the margins. And I remember what a gift that was to me. And I know that there's not necessarily first year teachers, even if it's the first year teaching the subject, even if you've done it before, but you want to do it well. So I I knew this was something so valuable and I was in touch with the consortium and they said, send us, send us a sample of what you think would be a good idea. And we met that, uh, that day that Mrs. Genger was remembering, that summer, and um, we spoke it over, and I got a lot of amazing direction.
0: I think that's one of the most uh, fascinating things about Rabbi Heshi Glass and the consortium. I've heard him say publicly, anyone who has any ideas, any energy, come to me, and I'll help you make it into reality. And, like, you sit there as an educator listening to that and wonder, "Is he is he serious? But listening to this collaboration here, it sounds like... Both of you sort of, that's how you approached it. It was like, what can we do? We have an idea. And he put you together and said, go do it. You know, it's amazing. So Ms. Gendra, going back to how you chose this, it sounds like you wanted to do something with middle school, but it wasn't Novi. It could have been, like you mentioned, Tfila, or I wonder why didn't you just work on expanding the Chumash curriculum, which is already something that's being done in hundreds of schools, I believe, there, in Alaska, Chumash curriculum. I would have thought that just maintaining that or expanding that would have been a good place to invest.
1: They in fact consortium is working through homish curricula, etc but I feel that one of the elements of design thinking, which is a program and a format that I like to use for all problem solving, but especially in Chinoch, is the first step is empathy. You have to understand your audience. who is your audience So in knowing that, both in terms of the dearth of material that would have been available for some of these areas, NAVI in particular, Mm. um, that was one reason potentially to move for that, but importantly in understanding middle school students, because middle school age is the age where they are so, their social skills are still underdeveloped and they're discombobulated in their relationship with both peers and with adults. They question, but they can't quite sophisticatedly question certain things. And the opportunities for inter- and intra-personal growth, musare Haskel, not that Chumash Chas wouldn't have that, of course, but Chumash has traditionally been taught as much more of a textual subject. But here, that was an open field. That was a new area I saw as for innovation And importantly, it's about what I'm gonna say, curriculum 3.0. McTeague identifies 1.0 as scope and sequence, which in the from schools doesn't exist, but at least let's move beyond that. 2.0 is aligning to standards, which also, although consortium does have standards and does have a JSAT to align with that, some assessment, but it's not readily used in most schools. Um, but 3.0 is what excited me. 3.0 is student performance outcomes. What in the modern milieu will students do with this information? How will they show? Because that is what's really—that's what chinuch is. What do they take away? Memory is the residue of thought. What do you walk away with? What's in their shopping bag? If they can only take six messages out of a lesson, what are those six? And I knew that with middle schoolers, the opportunities for Bikios, as well as deeper thinking in somewhat in a project style, et cetera, would be appealing. And that's exactly some of the opportunities that's being given to teachers. I'm a veteran, but I am teaching Shmuel and I use the materials. Absolutely use them and love them and, and add, again, based based upon that. But the idea of using Pictionary, the idea of using an escape room, if you're teaching Shoal and David, how fabulous is that? Whether digitally or literally, all of these things, the concept of perspective taking, what would Achish have been thinking in such a situation? What did David think? All of these are fresh and innovative perspectives in an area that did, did not have it. There were workbooks out there before on Shmuel, but they were didactic. They weren't dynamic in this particular way that we had.
0: Mrs. Feinstein, do you have any formal training in curriculum development or in education? Is that part of something you've done, like studied in college or university?
2: Yeah, I um, was part of the Jewish Educational Leadership Institute program. Um, So I have my master's in education, administration, and supervision from Loyola University in Chicago.
0: Amazing. And I ask you this, uh, coming from someone who also has quite an experience in the college classroom, it would seem to me that you could learn more from one conversation with Mrs. Gettinger than from a whole course in any (laughs) of our programs that we've been to. Did you find that to be the case? That's why. Whatever uh,
2: I I do, I, I credit to inspiration she's she's really taken whatever i've started with and brought me to a whole new level so i mean
0: just her analysis of the goals of a curriculum right and understanding it in that way mm-hmm. i know mrs genger you're very you're self-taught in a lot of ways right how did yes, you learn absolutely all about this?
1: absolutely experientially um yeah you know, voracious reader um and uh, you know I, how do you decide
0: what to read how do you know where the books are that would give you the information you need to develop a curriculum. Uh,
1: through a variety of sources for the, the ASCD, um, but just really keeping up with current trends in education, because while not everything is applicable, so much is, and we have to be able to provide all of those opportunities and be aware of what is being brought to the forefront. A curriculum really also needs a format defining what information are you needing to present. So I mentioned that I'm a veteran, but the beauty of this program is that it's turnkey. It doesn't matter if you've been teaching for 40 years or if this is your first. It is laid out completely for you. All the sources are right there and I had talked about earlier identifying or empathizing, and Mrs. Feinstein could do a better job with this, but most teachers, because we A, they're so difficult to find, and B, they're so very pressed for time. We don't pay well, so many of them have second or third jobs, or are mothers, which is their primary responsibility. To be able to have all the sources laid out for you in the teacher's edition not that you're going to teach all of them, but laid out in that way clearly for you so you don't have to go to the little midrash says and be a half a pussock or page ahead of the kids was such a, a critical point. The nuffy Teacher's Edition is lo- unlike the others. The nuffy Teacher's Edition could be something that a uh, Anybody could pick up and want to study. Mm. I was at one time, Rabbi Garfield was going to suggest it as a self-study for a certain very brilliant and very creative daughter of yours um, to use as a self-study through that. That it's completely different. It's not. It doesn't feel like a a traditional teacher's curriculum. Um, And so, laying out knowledge, understanding, doing for every single parikh. What is the content? What's the vocabulary? The requisite terminology that needs to happen, con- conceptual, and and then also what are the specific skills from this peric that a teacher could bring out
0: and share with students? Amazing. And Mrs. Feinstein, you wrote the the actual lessons, the the actual workbook?
2: Yeah. So I started out um
0: Tell us writing. about that process. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I started at the beginning, um, definitely got better at it as I went along. I feel like when you go through the safer, you see you see it uh, um, developing. Um, and at, at some point, I actually brought on another member to the team, Mrs. Layla Honig, who happens to be my sister, helped me, is joined me on that. And I feel like since then, it's gotten even better even better. And she's she's been a, a big part of uh, since the end of Shmuel Aleph and now Shmuel Bays as well. Do you use um, any particular
0: Farshim Yeah.
2: So what it looks like is I uh, we start with the Macros Kedolos. We go we, we look through the Madrashim and if there's any Gemaras that are related to it and we go through the Kliakar is a is a big one that I'm that I find very helpful. It's not the Kliyakar on Chomish. It's a, a different one, but It's a different author? Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's a different one, the one on Navi. Um, we'll also use the Barbanel, and we'll also use more recent Svarim on Navi, like Mishbits Osahav, Yisodi Hanavim, Stimugafihim, Mustar Hanavim, Yehayam, Rinas Yitzchak, Das Those are a few that come to mind. And then what will often happen is one of these recent svarim will quote an earlier sefer, fair, and we'll have another lead. And Otsar HaChem has been really very, very helpful in locating so many svarim that we would not have access to otherwise, and even searching for specific topics that we would want to explore further that are connected to whatever it is that we're discussing. So really the sources run the gamut from the actual Mufarshim, the Midrashim, the Musr Sefarim, the Halacha sometimes. I Everything just
1: jumped in for one second. Yes. In a recent peric that she had sent me, there was a discussion of Moga and David, and she used Igros Moshe. What oh. to understand? What it
2: is? How it is? How we use it, etc. So Amazing. it is—it's really across the the Amazing. gamut. Whenever I need to look to, I, I find oh, this is something that they might have a question like that. a David question. Um, it was mentioned just the concept, not not the symbol. But I knew students from from being a teacher, students are going to ask. Wait, is that where's that? I know that terminology where's that symbol from right and then i'll look into it and i'll provide it and and my goal is that a teacher should have everything in in front in front of her in front of him that is that a student might ask that they might want to go into they don't have to do everything and they shouldn't do everything because there's too much to do everything but a teacher should look over everything and be prepared to teach however the lesson might go and it's an amazing thing to have that amount of preparation without having to with, with that short amount of time that it takes to look through it and i'm i hope that you know the efforts that i put into putting it all together in the most user friendly way possible really leads to teachers being more knowledgeable and more prepared and you know, teachers are good at saying, I don't know, I'll look it up. But then sometimes they don't look it up. And um, or, or or worse, a teacher might be tempted to fudge an answer that's not really the MS. And that's, that's the worst. And it, it's my guiding principle is that okay. everything I say has to be rooted in something I don't make up my own things. And that's why I have the sources on the bottom. And that's why everything is at the end of the sentence, there's a source. And on the bottom, there's the source. So no one has to take my word for it. They can look up on the bottom, read it themselves. And I even um, made sure to underline, like bold, the part of the parish that I'm quoting, that I'm referencing, so that it's even, it's easier to find that. And so much of when we're teaching Torah, it's it's something that I'm very passionate about, that we have to present it in a way that's misordic, that's MS, that when we were teaching about Shaul HaMelech, when we we're teaching about David HaMelech, it's so easy for a teacher to slip into not authentic Torah ways of, of teaching it. it. It just kind of like the story goes. It's what the stories that even though we don't think we pick up from the society around us, we do. We pick up those Bible stories and their influence. And it hurts me when I hear someone say oh Shaul he was he was like he, mm-hmm. he was the bad one he was trying to that he was trying to kill David like to, to understand Shaul requires a real understanding and nuance of the mefarshim of of the whole story of the whole picture and to say that Shaul is the bad one so a teacher has to know how to explain it and it takes a lot to know how to explain it so I hope that I could Provide that, and we could be teaching well and with you know new, innovative, engaging um, medium, but not innovative Torah. You know that the, the yeah. Torah itself yeah. is 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 Masora and MS.
1: I call it majestic Masora mm-hmm. in again in innovative or modern technology and using some of the tools. I think mm-hmm. the proof is in the pudding. When we look at which schools have taken this curriculum, they run the full gamut, the hmm. full gamut, to the most Hasidic schools. And, and then those- Is it for boys and for girls? Modern. Do you find that- Yes, it's absolutely for boys or girls. And again, because so many of the boys schools do not spend time on NAVI, then it there's materials there and, and the presentations, the summaries- And the overviews are such that a Rebbe could take five, ten minutes here and there. And or this could be used, this and the Tefillah curriculum could be used for what I call ragged time. Every school experiences that when a teacher is out and you don't have a sub. If you have such ideas in place and resources there, the Mm -hmm. kids can maximize ten minutes a week. You'd be shocked how much so they, the excuse that's often given for teaching, not teaching Navi, of course, is in a boy's school that there isn't time with Gamara, but how can there not be time? The Musari Haskell are so valuable that we have to find a way to incorporate it, as I said, into ragged time of some other sort.
0: Mrs. Feinstein, do your students know that they're playing such an important role in the development of this curriculum?
2: Yes. They do. Is that They're fun of, for
0: them? How does that play in that? Uh-huh.
2: I actually, the before Shmuel Aleph was published, um, the class I taught that year, they were in, in sixth grade, and I I gave them before the workbook was the workbook. It was just I photocopied <laughs> it for them, and they actually caught some mistakes, Mrs. Feinstein. There's two number fives, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we we caught we caught a few uh, typos, not too many. We've had we have an amazing. Uh, editing team. But so that, that's great. And then what's so funny is that I taught that sixth grade Navi class. I taught them again this year, eighth grade Navi, but this time I taught them Shmuel Bays while I'm teaching Shmuel Bays.
0: How about you, Ms. Gendry? Do you, you teach it while it's in production or after it was produced? Both, both.
2: (laughs) Okay. So
1: once again, I, I sometimes can suggest further just learning activities I'm teaching in a co-ed school, so that's very different. Right. Boys have a tremendous amount of energy. So when when doing parakaf in Shmuel Aleph, it was a natural to actually have them go outside with archery and reenact. Yeah. One would be the nar, one would be David. What would you have to do? And they loved it. It brought, and again, the kids, those emotional memories that are created are what is going to stay with them. Awesome. The workbook also has a wonderful feature besides what she has alluded to and mentioned a few, one, Yediyah Haaretz, And in all schools, if we're not in Eretz Israel, we don't know it. The kids don't know where Yerushalayim is right. versus where Plishtim were versus where Shilo is. And just bringing it to life in that way is also very helpful. So the maps and activities with that are, are very helpful And I had asked for and gotten some wonderful flashcards, I'm going to call them, for the back of the book. People and places. And the teachers can decide how best to use them. But they're an enormous Hazara tool. You can create just on a ring and the kids fill in certain things. I have students who suggested that on the outside, they put an object lesson. So if they're thinking about David, what image would they create Mm. or draw that goes with that? And that all of those Hazara tools also are built in. That, again, is scope and sequence and, and reviewing and spiraling, but very important and, and innovative because I haven't seen flashcards like that in other curricula.
0: Do either of you have a Navi teacher who taught you Shmuel that you are thinking back to your own experiences or any Safer of Navi? I
1: have a
0: Safer of Navi.
1: I was in seminary in BJJ, and I had an Israeli teacher who was a holdover from a previous administration. I was the first year students, and she put her whole heart and soul into teaching us Treyasar, and I will never forget what she taught. It wasn't anything she didn't have gimmicks or shtick or wasn't especially relatable to us as American girls, but the passion that she showed in her teaching, I'll never forget, the Abarbanel, Adyona and this, that. Wow. It also helped that my Hebrew name, Vine, for the first time in my life was in the middle because I was used to teachers never getting to me with a W <laughs> at the end, and here she was, she would call on me towards the beginning. Wow. Uh, but but I remember well Geveret Sluch and everything that she taught. Again, because of the emotional memory, and I mm-hmm. use that all the time with teachers to tell them because sometimes people are discouraged. I'm not creative. I'm not, you know, talented in certain ways. Maybe I'm not that friendly in with students. But when you teach, mm-hmm. so that's my example of a Navi teacher. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I've had many uh, inspiring navi teachers throughout the years, and it's funny because Shmuel, I've actually because my family moved, I learned Shmuel twice. I learned Shmuel twice because I learned it in the first school, and then I moved again. I learned it in the second school. So I guess I, I already from from then, I've been uh, inculcated with uh, Shmuel. But um, I've had in what was something that was very special to me recently is that a navi teacher from. My high school reached out to me and said i, I she taught me Navim Akronim, but she reached out and she said, "I just started teaching Navim Rishonim. I saw this consortium curriculum. I bought it. I said, This is great. Who wrote it? I flipped to the front I said, No way so, <laughs> so that wonderful. was that was very heartwarming to me that even my mora um, and and then I also I also got one uh, an email from a student of mine who's now a teacher. So I feel like full circle, you know, we're Wonderful. all learning from each other and the Msora is being passed on.
0: Wonderful. I was actually gonna ask and, and Ms. Gendry, you did reference to its success. Is it you know, the numbers of distribution, do you find that people are really using it and are you happy with the way it's performing in the marketplace?
1: I'm not one. I'm all about Dine Nafashos, and unfortunately not enough. My husband thinks there's something wrong with me, that Dine Mamanos doesn't play a role at all in in any of my decision-making, because I have a rule in life that those problems that money can solve, let it solve, because it can't solve the real problems that we have. But in terms of popularity, schools seeking to use it, the numbers increase and grow. And again, I think as the curriculum goes from shoftim through malachim, it again will be uh, become standard like the Lahavin curriculum. Such tremendous feedback from any of the schools that are using it. As I said, it could be used as self-paced. Um, it could be used in a high school for a Navi, uh, Bikios, a Navi Bikios class or used in the middle school. And, and it really um, is so flexible in that way in terms of how it could be used.
0: And it sounds like you guys are getting feedback from users, also. I guess Ms. Feinstein, you'd be the first person to get that, but maybe Ms. Genzer, you're getting, and you hear that people are really enjoying it and using it well.
1: Absolutely, um, they they're clamoring for more. Hurry up and get me the Shoftim, or get me,
2: you know. I just got so, someone contacted me and said, if when you end up doing the we'd like our school to be the. <laughs> The, the one
0: that good. you try it out on. No, that's great. So, yeah. so what is so? Just to clarify, so you have Allah. If you're working on Shmuel B's, the consortium has a different Yoshua. Correct
1: curriculum. from a, from the original author of all the um, Lhabin materials earlier.
0: So that's not necessarily the, the same
1: style as. No, words. it's not the same style, but once again, it is taking Navi and relating it to children through not only the textual, but also some thematic and importantly maps and other things, which would be germane.
0: So your goal else. is, I guess, to go back and do Shoftim. Yes. And then Malachim the and it'll right. all be in one amazing right. unit. One. That's really awesome. Did you guys include any archeology span or any modern day scholarship? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. me about so, that.
2: Actually, um, Mrs. Honig is a uh, expert in research and she really took it to the next level with the archaeology mm-hmm. and any place that's mentioned that has archaeological remnants or possible archaeological remnants she found and we reference in the in the teacher's edition we have pictures so we have that not only that but we also included which I don't think we mentioned yet is a entire Tehillim appendix for the second okay. half of Shmuel Aleph, and now Shmuel Beis also, in which we connect the Tehillim said at specific times in wow. David's life. When you're learning about David in the cave, and he composed this mizmor of Tehillim, so then we, we reference it and connect it. And it's You know so anyone powerful.
0: else who has done that? I've never heard that done before. Uh-huh. It's it's
1: amazing. I know that that because the the entire curriculum is worth. Yeah. For that alone. And again, it just the whole message for students is that they're not compartmentalized, not only between Kodish and whole, but within every subject and within Navi. The Nach goes along with it. The Tehillim, it's it's masterful the way it's integrated into that. That's Again, amazing. as a resource for teachers, depending on the level that you're teaching, you'll right. do more or less with it. Right. But at the very least, you'll be able to you know share some of the basics with. Right. Students.
0: I'm just thinking about like in high school how you could do so much with that, where you sort of have the students independently identify, or probably a lot right. of the Kapitlach were, a lot of the chapters of Tehillim were somewhat aware of. But, you know, the context just brings it alive.
1: And the same for Haftoros. There are a, new, a number of very famous Haftoros from Shmuel. And that is, you know, a relevant piece that is discussed in the teacher's edition, as well as the students. So it brings that to life when you go to Shulan Rosh Hashanah and you know, or Mahar Chodesh, yeah. you know, wait a minute, I've made this connection, is, is very helpful.
0: I could just imagine in your own lives, you know, whenever you're focused on something and really deep in it, like... You are in this. It just comes up all over, and really could enhance your own life. Yeah, you know, sure. it's so connected to Torah and to the characters of, of Tanakh.
2: It's, it it brought David Hamelach into my life as a real person, right with with like a full personality, and I, I hope to be able to give that over in the curriculum of like. All the different aspects of who David Hamelech was from, from not just a king, but a leader, but, but caring about each individual and, and, and his humility, but his bravery, but, and his bitachon and his emuna and how it all fits together and his, and his greatness in Torah and how it's all one big picture and it's not in a vacuum. No, none of these are in a vacuum and it, it comes, it, it's it's so inspiring to be able to read a paragraph of Tehillim and then realize, wait, David Hamal was in this situation when he said that, That's it's just beyond, it's beyond. And if he could say these words in this situation, and when I say these words, I could imagine him being in this situation and tapping into such amunah and bitachon and positivity and hope for the future in that situation. So it's just so uplifting and inspiring.
0: Why do you think it was David Amelech who wrote to Hillam?
2: I think David went through basically every challenge that a person could go through from his childhood through his adult life. He, he grew up without being recognized for who he was shunned even when he was finally then chosen to be king he has to be on the run from his own father-in-law later he's betrayed by his own family by his son he he goes through terrible misunderstandings and just so many things that happened to him but not just to him, but he, he turned it into turning towards Hashem. And I think for for us to be able, for everyone to be able to relate, I think David Hamel has like a piece of, of all of our troubles in his. And I think that's why everyone could so identify with the words of Tehillim because probably whatever we've been through, <laughs> you know, he's been through it too and he's, as, as as great and I hope it comes across like the godless of David HaMelech At the same time, he's so relatable as a person,
0: right. as an Eved He's so vulnerable at times and right. human.
1: He's, right. It's a kaleidoscope of human emotion. Um, and having been in Midbar Yehuda and watched the Ibex kind of jumping around, hmm. you can just picture what that was like, remember that he spent all that time as a row at zone, and had all of this time to, to contemplate and meditate, but it's an amazing, I had the opportunity to bring one of my younger students before my class, he's only in fourth grade, and he plays the harp, And the the students, the older students, to see that was so incredibly powerful. I had them read a parak of Tehillim that said, to go through the octave and explain certain things to them, um, a very powerful emotional experience also.
0: That is amazing.
1: As as I said from the beginning, I think the ability to bring social, emotional, the inter and intrapersonal skills that middle school students so brave and need an outlet and a discussion and a forum for is really accomplished in many ways through this particular curriculum. I would
2: say just as much as it's a Navi class, it's a Hashkafa class, it's a Musar class, it's a Midos class, Mm -hmm. it's a critical thinking class, it's a self-exploration class. It's all that in one amazing.
0: Okay, wonderful. Is there anything else about the curriculum that we didn't cover or about the experience in writing it? that we didn't cover that you think would be important to get to?
2: Yeah. So I think we mentioned the layout earlier, but I'll just reiterate how phenomenal the design is and how intuitive it was made by the incredible design and layout committee, different icons for different types of questions, for different types of ideas for the lessons, really easy for teachers to pick and choose what speaks to them, what speaks to their students, what they feel would add to their lessons. So that's a big one. Um, we also included hakdamos on difficult topics that come up as teachers. We really need to have clarity within ourselves before we start teaching. If we have questions, it comes across. So we need to have clarity within ourselves of on topics that we find difficult. And then besides for that clarity, we need to have clarity on how to present it in an age-appropriate way. So for example, the union of Sha'ul and Amali. It makes sense that teachers have questions. It makes sense that students have questions. We need to know how to present that according to Torah Hashkafa. And um, I spent a lot of time on making sure that I, hopefully gave a clear introduction to the whole topic for teachers to come in with the background they need. Same thing for David and Bacheva. Difficult topics. There's a lot of difficult topics in Shmuel, all of Shmuel base that come up and to have clarity in understanding and clarity in delivery is so important. And I think that's one of the most important features, honestly, of the curriculum. Another really fun feature that we have is the escape room, which is a digital component. You could access it on Moodle, which is you get the code when you buy the teacher's edition. A teacher gets the access to that. We have songs, we have um, sometimes like videos of places where things happened, a few games, Um, and you also have this escape room, which is an awesome, fun way for students to review the end of Shmuel Aleph, kind of following from one place to the next, each place that David went to, and in each place, there's clues, there's, you have to solve it, and then you can move on to the next one, it's a great review, really, really fun. Um, And we also are going to be rolling out soon an assessment for the end of Shemuel Aleph, just to give teachers an idea of what their students are retaining in terms of the Chomer. Obviously, we can not measure the impact um, that it makes on them, and that's really the most important thing. But the Chomer plays an important role as well, and so we, we have an assessment for that.
0: Um, and if people want to find out more about the program, how best could they do that? So it's on the consortium's
2: website. If you click under the order tab, I believe is where you would find it. They, it should be up there, a uh, way to order the teacher's edition, which is the, all the Pusuk by Pusuk explanation and teacher's ideas. And then there's also the student workbook which has the review activities and the review questions um, that we've mentioned. And there should be a way to access sample pages there as well. So if someone would want to get a sense of what it's like, there should be a way on that page. So.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you, Mrs. Gengar. Thank you, Mrs. Feinstein. We appreciate what you've done, and it's the kind of thing you did it now. But for years and years, hundreds, thousands of Talmidim and Talmidos will be benefiting from your hard work. And I'm sure you'll be continue to produce more. So thank you so much. Amen. Thank, thank you. you. All the thank best. you. Well, that was certainly inspiring to hear the passion and the commitment and the love that these Makhankos have for learning and for the Navi and Shmuel Aleph and all the amazing work that went into this program and the curriculum and how unique and special it is. And I'm sure many of you are going to want to look at it and learn it and share it with uh, the people in your lives. So please go to the website that they suggested. We'll have the link to it, of course, in the show notes and avail yourself of this amazing resource. As always, we thank our listeners for sharing our podcast and for rating our podcast. We also ask that you send any questions, comments, or suggestions for guests to Podcast at gmail.com. That's Chinooktodaypodcast at gmail.com. This is your Achmiel Garfield. Thank you so much for joining us and have a wonderful day.